and welcome to the Odd Years podcast. It's an odd-numbered year, which means that national elections are on a hiatus, but the issues, trends, and personalities that impact electoral politics are always in cycle. This week, we talk tech with one of the country's top technology reporters and analysts. Now, just about every week, it seems there's a story or report focused on the threat AI poses to everything from the future of work, to our online privacy, to the spread of misinformation. Most recently, top technologists, including those representing Google and OpenAI, wrote an open letter warning of the possibility that AI could lead to human extinction. Cool, cool, cool. But instead of panicking, I called up Kara Swisher, highly respected, deeply sourced technology reporter who's been covering Silicon Valley since companies like Netflix and Google were still just startups. She's currently the host of the podcast On with Kara Swisher, co-host of the Pivot podcast and editor at large at New York Magazine. In our interview, she gives some much needed perspective on the role that this fast moving technology may play in the upcoming election, whether Washington can or will be able to regulate it, and why we should be more worried about the people that use AI rather than AI itself. Oh, we also have a lot of Terminator references and a favorite show cameo that is sure to surprise and delight. Our conversation took place on May 17th. started. Kara Swisher, thank you for coming thank you on for having and, me. and joining. And this is a perfect week for you mm-hmm. to, well, it's always a perfect week for you to be here, but we've, we've had AI in the house, so to speak mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in Congress the other day, but I wanted to start with this headline. I saw from the AP, I saw it on the front page of the Dallas morning news mm-hmm. and it said, AI posed to wreak havoc with voters. <laughs> and then another Axios story quoted someone saying, 2024 will be the AI election and it'll be more massively disrupted mm-hmm. by AI than Facebook ever did to elections. Yeah. So I'd love to get your take on these well, predictions. They're probably a little dramatic and overwrought. You know, <laughs> I think what it is, is that this is just a better form of targeting and the ability to manipulate people. And it's just a, it's, it's Facebook on steroids. It's the internet on steroids. It's, I don't know, just email on steroids. And so it can do a lot of things quicker and cheaper for a lot of people who are intent on manipulating elections or convincing people or persuading people, depending on how you look at it and and the intent of people. But most of the tools of the internet, while they've been used by regular people to like raise money or, or do whatever, you know, send missives about their policies or to tweet about what they think about the debt ceiling or whatever, this is a way to really use it in a way that's hugely efficient and very effective at finding the right people and the right messages for those people. That's right. I mean, that's where campaigns seem to be mm-hmm. going with this, which is yeah. I'm an upstart campaign. I don't have a lot of money, but right. I can't hire a lot of people, but I can use this tool to help me raise mm-hmm. money, target voters. But we it's seem- a tool. Just think yeah. of it as a tool. Like every piece of technology ever created has, is a tool or a weapon, right? You have to look at it that way, just the way a knife is a technology that's a tool or a weapon. And so this is just one that really, we were already moving that way with all kinds of targeting. You know, Facebook was able to target a million different messages to a, a million different people, right? It, it, specifically based on their profiles. This one really can do it and in a way that feels like a human and without human intervention in that regard. There's some human intervention at some point, but it can do it quickly and efficiently and for low cost. And that's really the plus of it. So Kara, then why 
do we all seem so terrified by it? More because when you, as you said, tool weapon. Most people think tool first, but it feels like with mm-hmm. AI, everybody goes immediately to weapon, and this is going to be a disaster for the human race. Well, Terminator. Terminator 1 through 7. I've watched them all many times. So, you know, or sci-fi or the idea of, you know, there's several different shows right now. There's one about the FBI that has different periods and AI takes over, whether it's Minority Report, whatever. It just doesn't matter. It's just people are used to the idea that computers will eventually take over and kill us because we're terrible. And it's not, what I always say to people is I'm very scared of AI. I said, you know, you should be scared of people who use AI, not AI. And that's really what it is. AI doesn't kill people with AI kill. And that's really the kind of thing you have to be thinking of. And and that's why I get, you know, it's dependent on how it's used because there's all these incredible, just the way there is for the internet, all these incredible use cases that are really promising in ways that we, that even the internet hasn't met those, those needs. Although we use it for maps and dating or communications or whatever, you wouldn't be able to do your job without technology now, obviously. Right. Same thing with me. I mean, you could go back to it, but why would you? It, it was like churning butter, right? And so this is just a faster and quicker way to do that. And so the possibilities, as much as the negatives are, are also endless, especially around drug discovery. You know, there's a folding proteins thing that's happening. There's all kinds of stuff that's really astonishing. Education, there's several different things I've seen that layer on top of current things that could be more helpful and a better way to use the internet than the old way. Right. So Listening to you on your mm-hmm. podcasts, when you were talking with Sam Altman in particular, mm-hmm. yeah, the conversation you had with him about his hope, that more optimistic look about where yeah. AI would be, and mm-hmm. it said it reminded you of back in the early days. It did. It okay, did. so to explain that that well, everything was going to be great and there was no downside. Right. There wasn't no downside. Many of us brought up the downsides constantly and persistently. It's that the people who made the stuff really just didn't want to hear it. And they didn't even imagine that the bad things could happen for what they're doing. Here was a group of largely white, straight men who were like, what could happen of us making all the decisions? And I was like, are you making all the decisions? You not understanding safety? Anyone with any kind of ability to anticipate, which is an adult, you know, if I do this, this will happen. They did not have, they, they missed it. Now in this case, Sam, if you saw from the testimony yesterday was quite thoughtful. He's, you know, I was talking to maybe it was Senator Warner, one of the senators, Senator Bennett, like, you can't say they didn't warn you. They're not warning you. And he definitely did. And I think that, you know, it could be a feint by tech people to say, regulate us, please. Sort of the Br'er Rabbit, like throw us, you know, give us regulation and knowing that there's going to be toothless regulation. Or it could be a genuine concern is that there was real mistakes were made in the initial stages of the internet, including giving them broad immunity through section 230 that was intended to grow it, but actually became a real problem, that let's not do this this time. And we certainly can look back and see, or maybe do we have the current laws in place or do we need more? Should we act right away or are we squelching innovations? The kind of thoughtful things you need to do that should have happened at the beginning of the internet, but nobody could have imagined the internet when the internet happened. Right. right. So do we have a lack of an imagination now as well. I mean, we well, they, they're laying out some of, as you pointed out, killer some robots. Of the, the killer robots and, and we can solve cancer. Oh, right. oh, hmm. killer robots and we can solve. Well, maybe we should have some laws about killer robots. Oh, okay. And then we can solve cancer, right? Same thing happened when I did a good interview with Jennifer Dowden, who won the, the Nobel Prize for CRISPR. 
you know, so many cloning and this and that. Are you kidding me? So many nightmare scenarios of every sci-fi you've ever seen. They created groups of scientists that worked together globally that had standards. Now, it didn't stop someone from from doing some bad stuff with the CRISPR technology, but it was broadly frowned upon. And we do the same thing with nuclear nonproliferation. We do all kinds of global things, none of which work perfectly. Let's just, like everyone... What drives me crazy is everyone, well, it doesn't work with nuclear. I'm like, well, we aren't dead, are we? Like it kind of <laughs> did. Like so far, so good. And maybe someday it won't work as more people get the technology in their hands. But I don't know. Kind of cool that we haven't blown ourselves up. And we've had that bomb in our hands for a long time. That's right. So, and I don't say it's not going to happen. Like that's the, then of course, you know, a nuclear bomb ruins everybody's day. But you've really got to think like, could you anticipate a number of things? And I think People like Gregory Hinton, who left Google, now is suddenly telling us, oh, oops, I made something bad. Right. He's already anticipated killer robots. He's anticipated misinformation, obviously, or disinformation, misinformation, et cetera. He's anticipated job loss. This is all stuff that any intelligent person with any kind of ability to understand history can understand, whether it was the the industrial revolution, the move to manufacture, et cetera, et cetera. People have seen it before. And so what could be the issues? And at the same time, we don't know what the issues are going to be, right? Like, did could you have thought up Uber in 1992? Right. We didn't have a phone. We didn't have the app. We didn't have the, like, you know. Well, and getting in a car, I do remember when it first yeah. came out. And I said, so tell me how this is different from hitchhiking. Right. Exactly. Right. So, right. I, so a true. random person is going to put yeah. me in their car and I'm not going to be murdered. Well, you pay them for that privilege. You pay them for that privilege. But, But you know, it's tracked. It's tracked. And then once the system gets created, it makes sense. Like, why is any of society work, right? It really should be the the purge at every day of the week. But it's not because we have these loose bunch of laws. And so in this case with AI, what's interesting, it's I don't believe it's protected by the Communications Decency Act by Section 230. And therefore, liability is attached. So that'll stop. Lawyers ruin everybody's day. And that's a good thing. So there's... That's a part of it. Like, oh, am I going to put this bot into my Google? Yesterday, I was writing an email and Google usually suggests words to complete sentences. That's autocomplete, which is not a particularly complex thing to do. And it suddenly said, do you want me to write this for you? I have an idea of what you're doing. And it was, it was clearly, they'd put their barred AI into it without me asking for it, by the way, that Mm. was one thing I was irritated by. But, but it started to ask me, maybe I did, maybe I, maybe I clicked something I didn't know, but it started to say, would you like me to write this for you? And I thought, oh, wow, look at that. Like, So it's going to be integrated, whether it's an AI DJ on Spotify or AI, my AI in Snapchat, which has had some bad outcomes, but also some good ones. You know, you're going to see it integrated in ways that you don't go to Google. It'll be there. It'll already be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just searching for you, but getting information and collating it. And that's the power is the collation of, of information. Google, you go to a site and you oh, I'm going to try here. I need to do this. Oh, I need, if you're traveling, like I'm going to France with two of my kids in a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I have to look at all the websites. And I went to one of them. I can't remember. I'm like, make me a schedule in the South of France. And it did like in four Mm. seconds. And Mm. I would have spent all my time looking now. I'd need to know the provenance of where it came from. I'd need to know this. Was it a sales site? Was it a, this site? That's some of the problems. Copyright is another big issue that Congress will have to see if our current, I I suspect our current laws are just fine, but they may need to be updated. Stuff like that. Congress has to play a big role here. Well, let's talk about that because what I thought was interesting too in your Sam Altman interview Mm -hmm. where you said, 
Look, I, I think these lawmakers and regulators are savvier than people give them credit yeah, for, because the, the knock on Congress is always, these are a bunch of old people. They can't even figure out how to use the internet or their That's phone. That's pretty much Orrin Hatch, right? Remember that he did that? It was just Orrin Hatch. That was that, that series of tubes yeah, is tubes the internet. I can't remember that was, who that, that was. That was someone else. Okay. But this, this week it was Lindsey Graham, who I was like, oh my God, could someone explain social media to this guy? Poor Sam Altman, who's so polite. I was like, well, that's not correct, Senator, but. He did a very bad job, Lindsey Graham. But, but he's, still, he's still back on the social media train. <laughs> well, We've moved not. on. Right, we're back on something we're else. Past. But do you believe there are people in Washington who are regulators, who are lawmakers, who get this at they a do. sophisticated level? Okay. Well, I'd say sophisticated. They can learn. It's like <laughs> they can learn. They can look. They regulate. What don't they regulate? They regulate. The, they have the FDA. They have the SEC. They've yeah. got the Federal Trade Commission. They've got. The Department of Agriculture, they know how to regulate. Like, do you think they know how to fly a plane? Do you think they right. know? Maybe, but they can regulate anything else. And pharmaceuticals, much banking, everything's regulated except for one thing, tech. Tech is not has any regulation on it that's not broadly on everybody else, but tech-specific regulation, zero. And what's that about? Hmm. We'll be right back with more from the odd years. Thanks for tuning into the Odd Years podcast. We hope you're enjoying these interviews and we need your help. One of the best ways to support our podcast is by leaving a review on your favorite platform. Just a few words about what you like about the show. Your review not only helps us know what we're doing right, but it also helps other people find the Odd Years. Speaking of helping other listeners find the Odd Years, please share your favorite episode with someone you think might enjoy these conversations. On behalf of our team, thank you for your support. And what's that about? Hmm. Money, power, what? influence. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, they, these other folks have money and power and influence. They have lobbyists. Not like these guys. Not like How these. So? Because they well, took they took advantage of something that nobody really understood. Versus, right. hi, I'm a oil lobbyist, or I'm a trans. Everybody gets lobbyist. an oil lobbyist, right? You know, you you pay for right. play or you don't, and you can accuse them of that or you can't. With tech, you have this idea that they're magicians creating the future. That's, right. That's one thing. They're wunderkinds, that kind of thing. And then it quickly turns to they're evil. And none of these are true. They're just, you know, I just finished a book. I can't tell you the first sentences because I essentially say this. We thought it was like every other business, right? Every other business was predicated on their moneymakers and that's what they're doing. And so for some reason, they've got this sort of magicalness to them, geniuses, and we can't touch them. And we touch them, they can't innovate anymore. If we damage the poor, like they're some sort of delicate flowers. And if we touch them in the wrong way and legislate in the wrong way, oh no, they're not going to be able to do their magic. And oh, by the way, China's going to fuck us if we don't let them do what they want, this and that. You know, we got a lot of other issues with China in that regard, but but they, they just have had that. And so nobody's been willing to do that because they've gotten so many of the benefits from it themselves, fundraising, lobbying money. But don't they have the First Amendment too? Isn't that a big Oh yeah, that helps. Well, no, it gets gets pulled in. It gets mixed in. It should, I really wish they would stop that because it has, Congress shall make no law. It kind of is pretty clear. So Congress isn't going to make a First Amendment thing. And these are, drives me crazy because these are private companies that are making money. They can do whatever they want, right? So I think they don't have to at all get involved in any First Amendment speech issues. And that's what's mucked up the, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the everything happening the axle. 
what they've done is they've mixed it. Mark Zuckerberg did this several times, like, but the first amendment, I'm like, what does it have to do with stealing people's data? I'm not sure the first amendment has anything to do. I don't think it was mentioned in the first amendment. Why can't we pass a basic privacy law? Why can't we pass an algorithmic transparency law? That has nothing to do with the first amendment. What does consumer data ownership have to do with the transportability? Nothing. And so, you know, Klobuchar, for example, Senator Klobuchar was very far along on several bills that got kneecapped by both the Democrats and Republicans. It wasn't particularly. It's not um, really as partisan, you think? Well, I, it was money. I think she well, she would say so. Believe me, she says that they didn't put it on the floor. Whose fault was it? This and that. But it really was because the tech companies started to buy a lot of ads during the midterms and people who had been for it were in dicey races and didn't feel like losing, right? That kind of stuff. And so they didn't pass anything. And, and it goes on and on. And then you have two sides, the Democrats who think there's not enough content. Everyone focuses on content moderation. That's what I was going to ask you about, right? That it's all about what the content versus the business. Well, they'll never be able to legislate that. That is first amendment, right? right? So that's what they focus on instead of the fact that they're sucking up all our information and using it for their own purposes without any kind of oversight. The oversight of the internet right now is Apple computer, one of the most powerful companies. That's who the regulator is, right? Well, I'm glad they passed a good little law within Apple about opt-in and opt-out, but really, do we want Tim Cook to be our chief? He doesn't want to be, and he shouldn't be, by the way. He's got his own issues around the App Store. And the other thing we don't pass is any antitrust. We haven't done antitrust reform and rehaul in a long, long time, since forever, right? Some, you know, I think there was sort of, it went forky, and then there was, but it's 100 years, 50 years, whatever. Things have happened. And so there's no, there's nobody contemplating what happens with these giant companies that now are the leaders in the AI race, by the way, FYI. So it's the same people continuing to control vast swaths of information that should by right be controlled by government and its people. Well, you talked to Lena Khan, who's the mm-hmm. FTC director recently. Mm-hmm. Commissioner. What was your Chairman. commissioner? I'm sorry, commissioner. Chairman. Chairman. Chairperson. Person. What? He told me, uh, just call me Lena. I'm like, no, I think I'll give you your honorific. That's right. You I do deserve that if you mm-hmm. can make it through that process. Did you come away thinking that the FTC was capable of regulating AI? I think she's fully aware of the issue. She's always been up on tech. Mm-hmm. She's also younger and more tuned to the digital age, obviously grown up digital. I think she has a problem with the ability to enforce, right? Because she doesn't have enough people. Mm-hmm. And they've, mm-hmm. they've gotten more money and they finally got a quorum, I guess, so they can do things. But, you know, they don't have enough money compared to, I mean, I made this joke in a Facebook book that I had more PR people on me than she has in her whole organization. You know what I mean? Like they have unlimited funds to be, to be able to do these things. And so that's the way Washington works. So they have to pick and choose. And by the way, they're in charge of like chicken pluckers too, right? They're in charge of tractors. They have a lot of stuff they have to deal with. It's all a similar antitrust is a similar area, but they have to look for consumer protection, lots of places. And that's a lot of work. And so they tend to focus on tech because they're the biggest, but there's other things that need looking at. So that's one of the things I have an issue. I think they certainly are aware of the issues. And of course, because tech has tried to demonize her, that makes me think it's working. And then there's the Justice Department. John Cantor has been working on certain things in antitrust with certain companies. But I hate to say it, but the U.S. government is outmatched on many levels by these. Well, should we have a totally new agency then? 
Let's I, have a, do you, is that what you think should happen? I've thought of that for a long time. I think the problem is, look what happened to that one person who was seeming like an information agency in Homeland Security. The whole conspiracy theory people got to work and that was the end of that. Nina Jankowitz, is that her name? Anyway, so I think it's going to be probably, if we call it the Department of Information, oh, right. that's, that's, that's pretty feels bad. very yeah. brave new worldy. Yeah. You know, you'd have to figure out what it is. Is it a digital thing? Is it internet? Depart- you know, it's so, it, it's so enmeshed with communications and free speech, but it's not, you could easily regulate it without it being enmeshed. But if you think they're all up in arms about whatever stupid conspiracy theory they have going on any one day, this will send them deep state, deep state, ah, the thing is that I always point out to these imbeciles is, you know who paid for the internet? I did. We did. You did. Yeah. We yeah. did. That's it's ours. Did. And, yeah. and then these people go, it's ours. Give it back kind of stuff. And so these big companies, you know, w- no matter who they are, have benefited in so many ways from government largesse. You know, Elon Musk, he's the most government funded entrepreneur in history, I suspect, you know, and even though he rails against the government, you're welcome. But if you said to the FTC, I mean, this was Khan's argument to you was, mm-hmm. yeah, there's already stuff on the books we can mm-hmm. use to regulate this she's industry. Right. And she's, she's correct about that. But your point is that is true, but you don't have the people power to make that happen. Or is it that you don't have the people who understand this expertise, industry? expertise? I think it's a question of real and bringing people into an agency that really do know what they're doing. All these people have other choices right now. There's an AI boom. So all these tech people can go and make a fortune presumably, or, or try to make a fortune. It's sort of like, you know, there's a gold rush happening right now in AI moved from crypto over to AI now, and you're going to tell them come and come and not make money here in the government, right? And and maybe likely not get anything done because you're sucked up into an agency that doesn't have enough resources. You know, I, I think she made a case that they have enough and they have to selectively pick cases, but these companies are emboldened. They do wines of $5 billion. doesn't mean anything to these people. But you've also got the reality in a polarized political environment. Mm-hmm. The FTC, usually people aren't talking that much about an FTC commissioner. Mm -hmm. This becomes just another cultural issue flashpoint. Whoever is in that job, if you're Mm -hmm. Democrats, it's somebody who is just wants business to have whatever they want. It's going to, no regulation whatsoever. Democrats in there, she's in there just to shut down uh, the free economy and our capitalism. Yeah. Right. No, you know, it's sort of what they did to Elizabeth Warren, who is quite a capitalist. Of course, she's like, not, I don't think it's any coincidence that she's a young woman of color either. You know what I mean? Like a very easy, you know, Yeah, you tried to get her to talk about that. She wasn't, she won't do it. She won't go there. I I agree. Which I I appreciate. Yeah. I absolutely agree. She, yeah, she needs to to focus on the job. She doesn't want to play the victim at all. And she can't, she can't even, even if they may use that, you know, I think more what she's got is that she hates capitalism. I think that's, or she hates innovation and she has, you know, my favorite is like, she has biases because she wrote this piece on Amazon. I'm like, that's why they hired her because she has a point of view. A point of view is not bias. It's a point of view. I, I don't think she's someone who she's so, you know, she's got so many brain cells going on. She she certainly could hear other arguments and to have her mind changed if they were persuasive, except what they tend to do is try to attack her or whoever personally, you know, in some fashion. So the other thing, speaking of sort of trying to see around the corner is we, especially folks in Washington, journalists, mm-hmm 
campaign folks always seem to be like a step behind on Mm -hmm. what's really going to impact the upcoming election or we're fighting the last war. So people are still talking about the disinformation and that Mm -hmm. issue and foreign interference in elections. What do you think we're missing as we're thinking about 24? You know, I've been thinking about this lately is after that town hall, that disastrous town hall by CNN is the constant. I was a propaganda studies major at Georgetown at foreign service school. And it's the same playbook. It's repetition. It's confusion. It's just done on a cyber basis. It's that you keep repeating and repeating, and then it gets echoed and up and down the, the stack, and it becomes hard for people to understand things. And I think the noise level is going to increase so precipitously. And meanwhile, even if the will of the people, like gun control, everybody wants it. No, they don't. It doesn't happen. I don't think anybody in Arkansas was clamoring for an anti-trans bill. Like what? Like they can't perform? Are there any trans performers in Arkansas? I doubt it. Like, is this a real, like, why would you go to Arkansas to do trans performance? But okay, fine. There probably are, but it's not something our legislators need to waste their time doing, but they can make it bigger than it is using these tools. And with AI, because AI also includes imagery and video and fake and voice. And so they can really mimic you or I very easily. So is that going to be something, do you honestly worry about people are going to get fed to them, Joe Biden saying stuff that's well, for a second before okay. it's corrected. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can go like, you know, a lie can travel around the world four times. Like that's an old quote, but you know, like I think for scams, scammers are yes. going to have a field day, right? Yes. Or people worried about their kids. I mean, I think about that all the time. You know, that's the kind of stuff that people with bad intent can really do that. And, you know, I, I was thinking my mom was tricked by a scammer just on the phone. They were very good at it. Like, but now with this, they can get even better. Like, so. Because right, they can have your voice saying, I need you know, some money. I can need you send it? Security yeah. number. Right. I need your. So I can see that scammery is going to have a nice heyday going on here. And so, and photos, sure, it will take a minute. And so that's another thing Congress do demand the provenance. Where does it come from? Where does it, where does it, you know, that kind of stuff follow and track where this was made. And again, none of this is new to humanity. Propaganda has been going on for years. But the media, I also think, has to be more responsible. Like in the beginning of this thing, they were talking about term papers and colleges. Cheating has happened since the dawn of time. This is just another way to cheat. And people will figure it out. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to all of a sudden wreck all of, it's going to waste a lot of professors' time. But eventually there'll be things that'll check, just like there have been, and, and plagiarism, this and that. And they'll sort it out. But there's no point in our history where college students aren't going to try to cheat on an exam. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know how we solved. We solved that problem by better parenting is how we solved that problem. But that's, you know, that would be too hard to do. So I think that's the kind of stuff the media shouldn't focus on or the, or the love falling in love with them. And they're your friends and these things aren't sentient. They are not sentient. They can learn to think, but not like humans. They just can't. They just can't like, they so don't. what should the media, how should the media I mean, I know handle this on it? Oh, Stop I asking. know. But like in terms of, to your point about the, the town hall or other mm-hmm. ways in which media is saying, okay, our job is to break through that propaganda and get mm-hmm. to the truth. But is that even possible? I do or- think it gets into the bloodstream. Even if you peel off one person, right? It gets in the bloodstream of repeating it. I mean, 
Elon Musk is a perfect example. Yesterday I did an interview where he goes on and on about the white supremacists. It's like, what? And of course, we, you're dealing with him as you're a reasonable person. Like, that can't be correct. The man was wearing swastikas. Well, I just don't believe it. What are you going to do? It's literally like a drunkle at Thanksgiving. Like, that is incorrect. I don't care. I know about it. Let me tell you about this. So I think eventually it gets in the bloodstream so that you you spend all your energy fighting a lie versus, you know, just not, just like stop. Like there's no shutting down of this stuff. And by allowing the repetition, it does radicalize people. It just does. So just don't give oxygen to... I don't even know that. I think, that I, no, I think it's how you interview them, how you speak to these people when they do it. And you know, you can Monday morning quarterback any interview, but in that case, I thought David Faber did a good job. But when he said that, he just acted like, okay. At that point, as a responsible journalist, you have to say that is complete and utter nonsense. And you're lying right now. You need to stop. When everyone's nervous about like, but that's your opinion. I'm like, no, he was wearing a swastika. The public safety department of Texas says he's white supremacist. What is your problem? Why are you continuing well, it's just what I want to say. Well, then you're an idiot. Like, I don't know why you can't say that to people. Then you are lying to people. And I'd like to know why you do that. What is your, what is your reason for lying? And really start to put people on their back foot on stuff rather than just saying it's a lie. I don't even know the answer because when people are intent on destruction, you know, anyone who has children knows that if the kids want to mess the room up, they're going to mess the room up. And you're just there trying to pick it up. Right. And so you never win. They just mess the room up. They don't have to build, they have to destroy. And that's a much stronger position to be in if you're an asshole like that. Not to say my kids are assholes, they're not. N- not to say who are assholes. My kids, kids are assholes. Kids. Of course not. They they're just, just happen to do things that they're spirited. Can you tell us anything about your book? I can't. It's, okay. it's, I can, but I can't. It's, it's a book about my many years in Silicon Valley and what these people were like. I have kept a lot of receipts. So it's my stories. Like, this is what I think of these people after this long. And it's really, I know it sounds crazy, but it's a love story about tech that went wrong. Like, that's what I would say. So it's a love story that went wrong. And so I really, I love technology. I think the things that, you know, I love them vaccines. I know there's problems. Thank you, everybody. We're aware of that. But on the whole, going to go for it. Like, we love penicillin. Not always perfect. Worked well for many people many people stop dying because of it. And so I think what we've gotten to in this society is this idea that everything is going to work perfectly. And so that's where the nasty and malevolent people move in, you know, but, 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 and then on the whole, anything can be turned into a bad thing. So it's about that. It's about lacks of ability to understand consequences, that there's so much hope in these things. And then there's so much disappointment. And, and I, 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 I kind of went off of a very famous quote by Paul Virilio, where he said, when you invent the ship, you invent the shipwreck. When you invent the electricity, you invent the electric chair. And so that's what it's about. And mm-hmm. what, how do we cope with that? And especially because these technologies have been taking over our lives. And we saw that in the pandemic, like that was the biggest lesson. We can't live without them. It's addictive. It's necessary. It's powerful. It's all seeing. How do we keep control of it and keep our humanity in the face of it, given how manipulative people you again i want to stress people using it can be and that's and how how much good can we do with it how much education how much can we rise up talent across the globe how much can we see the whole book is about how i thought it was going to be about commonality i have a star trek version of technology where everybody eventually there's villains they fight people 
you know, there's some beam up happening. to places because uh, I yes, want yes. to do that desperately. <laughs> not, not you, not you. Maybe no. someday. Right. Sorry, you're going to have to move along on that one. But you know, I, I have a Star Trek vision of the universe, and mm-hmm. I think what's happened is the Star Wars version of the universe, where the Death Star gets rebuilt, where the evil people win over and over again. That the the heroes are down to four, and by the way, they don't come back. You know, or maybe they do, or they end up like that's a very dire and darker version of technology. And I still believe in the Star Trek one. And so that's what the book is about. So it'll be good. It'll this be, is good. Uh, I, I'm finished. It. And, and, and it's funny. Do you it's have a, funny. is there a date in Yes, mind? January. Tw- oh, January. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm so have you been writing I'm... this this whole time? Have you always thought, all right, I'm going to absolutely, mm-hmm. I've been writing this down. I've been keeping my receipts because I know I'm writing a book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. But it, you'll, it's very personal and it's very, it's what I think of them. And it's my chance to be like, you know what? You, you're an asshole. You, I like that kind of thing. And sort of my impressions, and it'll just be my impressions of what these people are like. A lot about Steve Jobs, obviously Elon's in it, writing that chapter. There's one chapter, two chapters of one on AI and one on Elon. And I'm not ready to face that right now. So I'll write it toward the end, but it's, it's largely done, whether it's Uber, Travis Kalanick or Jeff Bezos. Like I met them before they were them. Right. Not Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was already a legend when I met him, but I met them in their little startups. I knew what they were like. And I think one of the reasons many of them won't talk to me as much as they used to, they used to talk to me all the time is because I know them. Like, you must know that with political people, you right. know them, they can't hide from you. And so I'm telling you what I saw at the fair, I guess, Yep. and yep. what they were like before. Speaking of which, we like to have a little rapid fire. Sure. Q&A, speed round of fun questions, which goes right to your point on Mm -hmm. sci-fi. The Odd Years is brought to you by the Cook Political Report team. It's our way of sharing the questions we love to ask and the conversations we enjoy having behind the scenes. If you'd like to explore more of what we have to offer, consider subscribing at cookpolitical.com slash subscribe. Odd Years listeners can use the discount code ODD10, the number 10 that is, to save 10% on any subscription. This offer is available only to new subscribers. Mm-hmm. So are you more of a Star Trek person than Star Wars? Okay, so if you had to choose one sci-fi-ish brand, what would it be? Oh, Terminator. I oh, love really? Terminator. Which yeah, is I love, I love the Terminator movie. Do you see that as an optimistic or pessimistic no. view? Well, I like her with the gun. I, mm. I really like I'm, her. I like take, I, you get that. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, I mean I, I, you can't be a lesbian without liking her with the gun. After, after, when she gets real buff and when stuff. She's yeah. And then, the, then the other one, the other girl that also became the Terminator. Anyway, it was, I like the whole thing. I like the whole idea of time travel. So I thought that was interesting. So I love the Terminator series, but I love the X-Men. I love X-Men. Uh, also a hopeless group of people also beleaguered and yet victorious and yet beleaguered and yet almost near an end and barely making it out. I like, I like them a lot. I'd More like than the Marvel cinematic. I yeah, like the that. Marvel kind of jumped the I like shark somewhere I like along him. the way. I, I like uh, Captain Marvel. I love Captain Marvel. Again. I know. Again. Again. Do you I watch mean, Ms. Marvel? Ms. Marvel is great, too. And now they're bringing them all together with that 
that lady pilot. That's going to be good. Okay. I did not. The Marvels. It's called the, the Marvels. It's called check the Marvels. Out. Yeah. Right. Look it up. I'll, look it up. I'll check that out. Look um, up the so if you had to go and say, all right, I get to keep only one piece of all this technology you have, mm-hmm. do you know what it would be? Oh yeah. My iPhone. Okay. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Cause it yeah. pretty much has everything, everything that you need. You can and, do everything. Yeah. yeah. And then you also have young kids as somebody mm-hmm. Old whose kids kid is not right. You have a, a combo mm-hmm. thinking through the shows you have to watch with young mm-hmm. kids. I mm-hmm. got attached to something called wonder pets back in the early two thousands. Okay. Is there something that you watch with well, the yes, little ones that you're ones like, I can't help myself, but I really no, like I can this. help myself. No, actually, I like the Teletubbies quite a bit. And I was what? trying to get my, I love the Teletubbies. Really? I do. Oh, yeah. I like them. They're so strange and weird. There's so okay. much going on there. I think about their inner lives and stuff like that. Like, what are these people doing? Why are they satisfied with a pancake? And anyway, I like the Teletubbies. I watched with my older kids and my younger kids. The younger kids aren't as interested in Teletubbies. I'm trying to think of what I, I mean, Frozen on oh. Endless frigging repeat. I yeah. hate Frozen so much. I can't stand it. You are not the only parent. To yes. Make it's that crazy. Statement. And then there's it is Frozen almost, yeah. 2. And then, and then there was a live Frozen we had to take it to. And then there's Frozen cheese sticks and there's Frozen yeah. yogurt and not Frozen yogurt, but yogurt with Frozen on it and yeah. Frozen outfits. And, and I was, I know Bob Iger very well, who runs Disney and uh, when he got back and I said, you need to stop the frozen train. It needs to stop. And he sent me a note. He goes, frozen three, 2025. And I was like, I literally no. wrote back, I wrote back, fuck you. Like how do like she's going to look. So, but, but well, frozen. yeah, then they, frozen. but then you get all caught up in it. And then Moana. a minute later they Moana. move. Oh, Moana. Yes. That, I love yeah. Moana. I love Moana. And I loved the other one Ugh, that was, was Moana before Moana. Oh, the, the one family. with Lilo Madrigals. and Stitch? No, oh. no. Madrigals. We are the oh, family. Madrigal. Oh, hello. No. What's her name? Oh, God. I'm not going to, I will be fired by my family if I don't know this name. Encanto. Oh, oh, oh. Encanto was beautiful. I it would was. watch that over and over again. That was just beautiful. I, you know, I've seen them all. I've seen all the movies. <laughs> and and many you've seen 10 or 20 or well, 352 times. There's only one, times. one I regret was I took my son when he was, he's 21. He just turned 21 this week. But when he was, I don't know, his teens, his, his mid teens, early teens, I took him to see Sausage Party, which was a filthy film. And the food has sex at the end. And <laughs> he turned to me. Well, I thought it was like a comic thing and it was not, it was dirty. And so, oh, no. and it was gross when food is having sex. And, and you can imagine hot dogs. I can't run. even imagine yes, you, you being there. No, well, just we were sitting there. We and were just sitting being next like, to huh. each other. And he, I, turn to him. I go, this is awkward. He goes, you're a terrible parent. Like I know. And I go, should we leave? He goes, I can't move. And I was like, I can't either. And we had to sit there. So that was terrible. That is, but just think, I always look always at him have and sausage I, yes, party. party. Every now and together. then I look at him, I go sausage party. He goes, you're a terrible parent. I go, I am. So that's the end of that. All right. Well, that's a perfect place to end. Yeah. I sausage think it's on sausage oh, party. God. There's no yeah. better way. I'm sure Elon found it hysterical. I'm I sure mean, he did. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Thank you for doing this. Really, Thank really you appreciate so much. that. I appreciate yeah. it. I love the Cook Political Report. Thank I think you. it's wonderful. I think Thank you. I get a lot of, I'm not a political junkie, 
but I did work for political people early in my career and it's full of very straightforward information, but you also have a point of view, which is important, which is nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, we're a small but mighty team. Indeed. So appreciate that. All right. Well, you go there and, you know, hopefully prevent the killer robots <laughs> Not from me. coming to get us. Yeah. You, well, I'm holding you personally responsible All right, I'll if work there are killer it. robots. There will be killer robots. Kara Swisher, thank you for joining us today on this episode of The Odd Years. For those of you who are Kara fans or would love more conversations about tech, politics, and personalities making an impact, you can catch Kara across the way on her podcasts, On With Kara Swisher and Pivot. I'm so glad you listened in on our conversation. Be sure to follow The Odd Years on your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, and if you're a Cook Political Report subscriber, check out our exclusive bonus content at cookpolitical.com. See you next time on The Odd Years. The Odd Years is brought to you by The Cook Political Report and is produced by Allie Flynn, Catherine Hamm, and Kate Recker.